You know, it's like walking into somebody's home and spray painting on their walls, <laughs> your your website, right? It's it's somebody you don't know, by the way. Hi, I'm Rand Fishkin from Oz, and you're listening to my friend Ash Roy from ProductiveInsights.com. Welcome to the Productive Insights Podcast, where you can learn how to systemize, automate, and scale your business via the internet. To access previous episodes and useful productivity tips, go to ProductiveInsights.com. Now, here's your host, Ash Roy. Hey guys, today I have a social media maven as our guest. She has 398,000 Twitter followers at the time of this recording. She's absolutely wonderful to talk to and very successful at her craft. We're going to talk about a whole range of topics, starting from how she converts her Twitter followers into paying customers, all the way through to the biggest challenges people face getting started with social media and what actions business owners like you can take to overcome them. So I hope you really enjoy this podcast. And if you do, please share it with your friends and stop by on iTunes and leave us a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy the podcast. Hello, everyone. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of boomsocial.net, which is a social selling and consulting firm. She's also the author of Will the Real You Please Stand Up? I'm delighted to welcome Kim Gast. Welcome, Kim. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Great to have you on the podcast, Kim. It's absolutely a pleasure. Kim, could you tell us a little bit about your journey and how it led you to found Boom Social and how Boom Social helps businesses with their social media strategy and social consulting? Sure. I have actually had an online business for over 20 years. I started my first business um, online when my first son was born. Uh, you know, my my goal was uh, to basically stay home, be, you know, I was on my on a whole different path until my son was born, was getting ready to go to law school. He was born and things kind of shifted. So started my first business, took a long time, honestly, uh, but there was not the resources out there that there are today to learn and shorten the learning curve. So that's really why I'm so passionate about what I do, because um, that's ultimately at the root of um, much of what I uh, love doing in, in my business is shortening the learning curve for others as it relates to growing and uh, scaling and creating more sales for your business. My primary clients are, for the most part, small business owners. I do do some brand okay. work, but for the most part, my I and I prefer, frankly, because I feel like I can help small business owners more than sometimes the big, bigger brands. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, I, it is what it is. I love working with everybody. And if I can make an impact with what I know, I love uh, doing that. But that's kind of been my path. Uh, I started Social Boom. I'm sorry, Boom Social. Yeah, I get a. We have a, a an event called Social Boom, so and, right. which is right around the corner. Therefore, I sometimes transpose the the words. But we started that about five, uh, oh, well, about almost four years ago now, and that was basically just a, a a partnership that has really been a great thing. You know, I, I the first time I've ever had a business partner, and um, you know, we, he his strengths are very different than mine, and it's been a nice compliment to you know scaling. A, a business that that I hadn't really had a plan outside of you know when you first get started things just spiral and mm. you know one thing leads to another so it's been a it's been a great journey. Well, congratulations! You've obviously come a long way and great achievement. Your comment when you were talking about Boom Social and you were talking about how it helps businesses leverage social media, particularly from a sales perspective. One of my questions actually is around 
how do you monetize a social media channel? Like I know that social media is great for growing brands and Twitter is fantastic for growing your brand, but I haven't really figured out how you really monetize it apart from, of course, Facebook ads and stuff. Let's take Twitter, for example. How does one convert a Twitter follower into a paying customer? Well, I'll tell you how I do it. It's a, uh, it's basically a, uh, a funnel strategy. You know, if people are familiar with uh, traditional sales models, it's exactly the same thing, except uh, it's slightly different in the sense that there is the application of the digital piece. You know, I, I personally think you, you can't sell very effectively on social media if you don't marry the two, if you don't have the digital and the social uh, kind of uh, intertwined. Okay. So for me, um, the way I do it is I have a freemium um, or a free offer and uh, that's value-based in some way that solves a pain point. Um, and I pay attention to my audience and I try to, or my community and try to figure out what are their pain points. And then I immediately try to come up with a solution for that pain point and offer it for free. And in that free offer um, that's value-based, that solves the first part of their problem, then I will uh, upsell into uh, something that's more detailed, uh, has more information. Same same lane. In other words, it just gives them this more information on the same uh, pain point. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you've given them something for free that's value-based, that gives them, um, you know, something that they can do that, that at least puts... It moves them on the, along the path in the right direction. Um, they're like, well, wow, you know, I really got a lot of value from that. Yeah. What else does she know? You know, sure. so that's the way I do it. I basically have a, um, a, a strategy for putting people in a funnel that um, starts with free and escalates up the, 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 uh, the dollar scale, essentially. And what are the conversion rates like on a channel like Twitter, for example? Basically, um, how you would do that on Twitter is I, you know, share my free offers routinely on Twitter. So, you know, I'll tweet them. And then once people have opted in, essentially, to receive that, they get that, you know, whether it's a free ebook or a checklist or a video series or, you know, whatever it is, then I have an opportunity to market to those people, you know, successively from there on out. But the way I have it set up is automated, okay. uh, which I think is why the digital funnel is so important. You know, I have a follow-up series automated and or I have an opportunity for people to click link to the next p- part of the sales funnel directly from the free offer. Okay. I'm assuming you have a free offer, then you have a low-priced item and it just is sort of like an escalator, right? They just move further up. Right. And when you say it's automated, are you talking about Twitter in particular at the moment? All of them. Uh, Basically, I use all social platforms in exactly the same way, Uh, not necessarily in the same ratio uh, as I from a share perspective. You know, like I would tweet on Twitter maybe two or three times a day my free offers. I only offer up my free offer um, on Facebook like once a day on my fan page so that the frequency is a little different. But I absolutely share my free offers on all the social platforms and they are picked up on all the social platforms. You know, that's one of the things that a lot of people forget to let people know that they do have that they they don't build that list and the money is in the list. You know, everybody says that, um, you know, and uh, but I actually think it's a little deeper than that. I think the money and the relationship is in the list because people see you bump into you on social media, you know, they may go to your blog every once in a while, but for consistency and, and to give value and keep top of mind, 
to the with those yep. people, I think your list is where you do that. And I think that's how you build out that long-term relationship with people. Otherwise, I mean, you're just you're you're in the, you're mixed into the noise, yeah, yeah. you know. And when you show up on their in their inbox, now they may not always read your content, you know, they may not always read their inbox because the reality is that even there uh, it can be, depending on who it is, very crowded. So, but still they see the consistency. They see, you know, if they see something that's interesting to them, they can uh, click on it and go to your blog or, you know, follow up with what you're doing, et cetera. So I think it's a little deeper. I think it is the, the money is absolutely in the list. About 85% of my sales are generated through my list. Now, just to clarify, when you say list, are you talking about an email list or are you talking about a following on Twitter or the social media channels? Yes, that's a great uh, clarification. Yes, I am talking about an email list. Okay. So you can use, obviously, Twitter list as well. Um, but I do that mostly for, you know, just to pay attention to who I want to pay attention right. to. But, you know, there again, you can't message those people directly. Yeah. With uh, your email list, you absolutely can. Now, you have a huge following on Twitter. Almost 400,000. Wow. So you have 400,000 people following on Twitter. I'm curious to know, if you send out an offer, obviously a proportion of those people, what's the conversion rate like approximately? Let's say you put a free offer out there. Typically, how many people end up getting added to your list as a result of that offer that you might put out on one tweet or over one day, say three tweets in one day? Well, we basically, we don't where the the opt-ins come from necessarily unless we have, unless it's a very specific campaign. So the free offers in, in particular, um, we, that we share routinely on social media, they go into one one funnel, essentially. You know, it might be a Twitter funnel, it might be a Facebook funnel, it might be, you know, whatever the funnel is. Um, but we add about five to 600 opt-ins a day to our mm -hmm. list through our various strategies. Mm -hmm. And the conversions uh, vary depending on the, the, you know, what the offer is, et cetera. We have a Pinterest ebook right now, Jumpstart Guide, because Pinterest is the hot thing, or obviously right now. So we have... Um, um, a Pinterest uh, jumpstart guide that we have been uh, running some campaigns on, and we're averaging about a 13 to 14 uh, percent uh, conversion into my course mm -hmm. from the ebook, you know, people taking the ebook to the course. So that's something very specific. Now, um, if we're running Facebook ads, for example, for a free offer, um, the um, that ratio might be less. It might be a little bit more because, again, it goes back to the targeting. How specific did our target um, marketing, you know, was it specific enough to where it increased our conversions, essentially? Mm -hmm. But our conversions stay pretty true, honestly. It ranges from about 10 to to 13, 14% wow. um, from the free offer into some sort of a sale. Wow, that's excellent. I suppose that would depend to some degree on how good the offer is. And I know from having experienced some of your free offers, they are very good quality offers. Well, that's your first hook. So they have to be good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's um, and I think that is the value uh, proposition of getting people to move through your funnel yeah. is if you can give something really good away for free, then they're like, well, wow, this is awesome. If the free offer is that good, then the paid product must be really good. Yes, it's it's a uh, it's a uh, it's builds that no like and trust factor um, out the gate. So then the conversions into your funnel, you know, cons you know, as you slide up the escalator in price, you know, it's yeah. easier to convert. Right, right, cool. Could you talk to us a little bit about how an entrepreneur should get started? The best way to get started with social media and what 
things should they focus on? Which channels do you recommend they focus on when they're starting? Is Twitter the best thing to start with? Is Pinterest a better thing to start with? I think it depends on who your ideal customer or client is. Um, that's my usually my very first uh, question is, you know, finding out, one, we have to figure out who your ideal customer is and then um, where are they? You know, are they on Twitter? Are they mm-hmm. on Pinterest? Um, I would argue for the most part, most businesses absolutely have application on both Twitter and Facebook. Um, I think there's, for some businesses, definitely a place for Pinterest, um, LinkedIn, um, uh, Instagram, you know, depending on what kind of products and services and how you serve your your um, ideal client, there's application for all of those. So that's the first thing um, is where are they? Uh, and, you know, taking a look at your demographics, uh, it's a stunning, honestly, how many people don't really know who their ideal client is or their ideal customer yeah. is. So you really need to spend time figuring that part out. <laughs> and then um, and then I would encourage people to step back from it then and say, okay, obviously, um, I see that my ideal customer is on five platforms. Well, when you're first starting, five platforms are, is very, very hard to manage. <laughs> you know, there's the learning yes. curve. There's, you know, uh, it's it's too much. So I just like to throw the, the caution flag out there. Um, don't try to do it all. Pick one or two max and focus there. Learn it. Get proficient. Start building relationships. Uh, delivering great content there. Um, because it's tough when you first get started to do it all. And it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And then you feel like, well, geez, I'm not getting any results from this. So why am I doing all this? So try to narrow your focus based on your time and resources. That's very important. And then I think even bigger maybe than than that, the, on the heels of at least, you have to know what you want from it. You know, so many people say, well, I'll, I want more business. You know, I hear that all the time. I just want more sales. Um, but I think you need to quantify that. Um, you know, I think you need to say, okay, I want five leads a week or I want, you know, um, this many more sales because then you have a goal set and you know whether you've met it or not. And if you don't meet it, now you can say, okay, well, what I was doing isn't working or is not working as well as I thought it would. What do I need to shift? But it's amazing how many people, and frankly, it's the only, social media is the only marketing uh, method that I've ever seen where people don't go at it with a plan or a goal set. You know, they just throw stuff at the wall and hope something sticks. Um, And so I would really just encourage everybody um, that if they're just starting to, um, you know, figure out where your ideal client customer is, um, narrow that focus a little bit, and then decide what you want and quantify it. Um, And then just establish some strategies to get what you, the goal that you're trying to achieve. Otherwise, you just are, you know, shooting into the dark and, you know, no way yeah. to really uh, figure out whether it's like getting in the car and saying you're going south. Well, going south where, you know? <laughs> yeah. You can't manage what you can't measure. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. The next question I was going to ask you was, what are the biggest challenges you've seen with people have faced with social media? And obviously one of them is not quantifying their goals and not being clear about metrics and not being clear about what they expect to see so that when it does or doesn't happen, they can then auto-correct. Are there any other challenges you've seen people face with social media and how have they best overcome them? Well, I see a lot of people struggling with what to say frankly. You know, they think that they get on social and they're like, okay, now what? You know, what kind of content do I share? And um, I actually just had this conversation uh, yesterday on Periscope 
where, you know, I was just giving this advice. Um, I basically say things that I would say just if I was standing in front of someone, you know, if I'm giving encouragement, how would I encourage someone? You know, I just jot down my, my verbiage, you know, uh, what would I, you know, that's, yeah. that's how I think, you know, of course, I've been doing this a little bit longer. That's why you come across as so authentic, right? Yes. Because you're just being yourself. Exactly. So don't don't try to recreate the wheel or try to do what somebody else is doing. Just what would you say? I mean, we know our businesses. Um, you know, we we know what tips we would give if somebody asks us a specific question. Just try to bite-size those into content that you can share through Twitter or Facebook, etc. Even visual content's exactly the same. Don't worry so much about trying to, you know, grab a quote from somebody else. What do you want to say? What do you want to be known for? And then create those graphics leveraging your words, not someone else's. So don't stress so much over, you know, finding content to share. Create your own. Be you. Be That's, that's the whole message behind my book is, you know, building an authentic brand because that's people buy from those they know, like, and trust. And authenticity mm. rules the house today. I mean, that's why I think, you know, some of the live streaming apps are so impactful because people have an opportunity to see you. They get a, a chance to connect with you. They see your personality. They can hear your voice. You can't hide behind a typewritten word anymore, you know? So I, I yeah. think that that just is so raw and real. And translating that to social media in a text format requires you to step into it. Okay. And I love the title of your book, Will the Real You Please Stand Up? Now, just for our audience, I really enjoyed the full title, but can you share it with us again? Because I can't remember the whole thing. Sure. It's uh, Will the Real You Please Stand Up, Show Up, Be Authentic, and Prosper in Social Media. So you had asked me a minute ago about challenges, what people are challenged with. And one of the challenges is what to say. The very next challenge, in my opinion, is consistency. Mm -hmm. So part of that book title is Show Up. You have to show up and bring it every day. I mean, because there is a lot of noise out there. And if you want to stand out, you can't disappear. You mm. can't take, a, you know, um, just show up periodically or intermittently um, because people are going to tune into somebody else. Mm. That's just the way it is. There are good tools out there like Buffer and Hootsuite and Edgar, yeah? Yes. Uh, Edgar, I think, is another one. Uh, Co-schedule is great. I use Social Oomph. Uh, there's a lot of tools out there that allow you to organize yourself mm -hmm. and not be constantly sitting in front of your computer. Mm. Um, you know, people are always asking me, well, how do you do all this? It's all in the tools. Uh, you know, the only thing that I don't automate is my engagement. Um, but I schedule a lot of my content mm -hmm. in advance um, because I don't have, I got to run a business. I don't have time to sit round and tweet all the time. Right. And just a word of caution to the listeners out there, you when you schedule content, think about how evergreen your content is. So if you're creating content about the latest technology, then make sure it's not hitting your Twitter feed six months later kind of thing. <laughs> and if you are scheduling a content way into the future, then try and make sure that it's relevant and it's still going to be relevant a few weeks from now. Also be aware of events that are happening in the world which may make your content appear insensitive in some situations and that's something to look out for as well isn't it 
Yes, and um, in fact, you know, there's been numerous examples of that. Even big brands have made faux pas, you know, yeah. around that simply but because they were not aware of things that were happening um, in the world or maybe the context with, with, within which it would be construed. Yes, You know, exactly. sometimes people think, you know, it's funny and it doesn't come across as funny as some to someone else. Exactly. So, you know, you just have to be cognizant of that. You know, I've heard some people say, well, when there's tragedy, should you even post? You know, I, I think there's a place for honoring all of that. And as long as you have, if as long as you are front facing with all, all of that and, and your your reasons, it goes back to your authenticity. You know, we all come at things from a different place. Mm. And, um, but being sensitive to what's happening in the world is absolutely, in my opinion, critical. You don't want to get into a firestorm absolutely. simply because... You know, it's not worth it. That's a very nice and responsible way to look at it, Kim. So thank you for sharing that. Sure. What actions can a listener take if they want to get started with social media and just get started and promote their business today? Well, I think the the big thing is you can't just get started on social media and say, uh, here, buy my stuff. It doesn't work that way. You know, it's like walking into somebody's home and spray painting on their walls, <laughs> your your website, right? It's it's somebody you don't know, by the way. Somebody that, let me clarify that. Like walking into somebody's living room or home and spray painting your website uh, onto their walls. And yet I see so many businesses have, um, that don't, and I, I guess they don't know better. Frankly, they're so yeah. excited. They get, you know, they're getting on social media. They think it's their magic bullet and, um, and they, um, immediately reach out and start connecting and say, oh, here's my business. Go check it out. And that's not the way to do it, guys. Um, you can't, things don't work um, on social media uh, like that. It's not a billboard. It's uh, it's a place to connect and build relationships. And you have to do that responsibly. And it has, and, and bigger than that, in my opinion, it, it's not about you at all. Um, in fact, if you can't come at social media from a service standpoint in a place where, you know, what you do is is a solution for someone else um, in a servant-based uh, uh, heart, mm -hmm. then you're going to struggle in social media, in my opinion, because that's truly – people have many choices today, and they know it, and they're savvy. And so yeah, they are looking for um, servant-based businesses to do business with, in my opinion. They're, they know that it's not about businesses anymore. They know it's all about them, and they know they have that um, that in their the palm of their hands. So we have to come at this from a very different place and know that what we do is a solution for somebody else and, and be a prideful of that, absolutely, lead with that value. Um, but it's not about saying, hey, here's my business, um, and you need to buy from me. You have to show up, provide value, um, and and know that it's going to take a bit of time. It's not a magic bullet. Mm -hmm. um, the only fat, the fastest way, frankly, to build that know, like, and trust factor and this is relatively new, is through the live streaming um, concept right now. You know, a lot of businesses that have never, don't even have a social presence are showing up in the live streaming, uh, whether it's Periscope or Blab or, you know, Meerkat, some of the others, there's a few of them out there, and they're able to connect with people immediately. Um, traditional social media takes a little bit longer. You know, because again, it's people have to get a sense for who you are. You have to consistently deliver content. You know, the live streaming does shorten that uh, considerably. Okay. But, you know, some people aren't quite ready for that yet. And I think you need, I think you need both. I do. I, I think you need a presence on social media, you know, on what, wherever 
you know, your ideal client is. But I do believe that the live streaming gives people an opportunity that has previously not been available to us. Okay. So I thought I'd throw that out there as a quick little added tip. I was actually dying to talk to you about Periscope, but unfortunately, we're going to run out of time. So I would love to discuss that with you another time if you would like to come back on the show. Sure, absolutely. I'm really passionate about this because I've seen the impact it's made on my business and other people's businesses. So, you know, having been around in the social space for for a long time, um, this is probably ex- more exciting to me for, from a business perspective than anything I've seen lately. So I'd love to share Periscope or, cool. you know, any of the live streaming apps um, okay. with your community. Yeah, and I really enjoyed your course as well on Periscope. So let's do that. Let's catch up another time. Just before we say goodbye, I'd love to know any books that have really impacted you and that you could recommend to the listeners. Um, I love The Slight Edge. That's one of mm-hmm. my favorite books by Jeff Olson. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I have, as you can see, I'm a, I'm a reader. So I have tons of books, love them. I recently got another book that I just started reading and it's called The Rich Life. And it's, you know, kind of an unknown. It's not like a big, uh, you know, I mean, you, you like a Jeff Olson, in other words. Yeah. But uh, what I found about this book that really intrigues me is it's it's a uh, it's wrote by a financial advisor. His name is Bo Henderson. Um, but what's really intriguing is it's not all about finances. It's it's real core life advice. Uh, wow. Just chock full of great stuff. So I okay. thought I'd throw that out there um, as an added value. Thank you. Well, it's funny, I just interviewed John Lee Dumas earlier this month, and he recommended The Slight Edge as well. So that certainly is a popular book. And The Rich Life sounds very interesting. I have a background in finance myself, so I'd be very interested to read it because I too have an eclectic perspective. I'm not a typical finance person. I'm very interested in mindfulness and quality of life type issues. I'm not just a number cruncher. Well, definitely check that one out. That's a good, it's a, I'm, uh, I'm about halfway through it, and I, I just feel like I found you know, so much just perspective on money as it relates to our life, the rich life, but not, not, and I don't mean money, what we can do with the money, meaning a true, what's important in life versus what we think is important in life. So it was, it's, it's a really, um, real, um, perspective. Um, it puts things into perspective. Let me put it that way. (laughs) Well, Kim, it was absolutely wonderful having you on the show, and I would love to have you back. So I look forward to talking to you again soon. Sure. So there you have it, guys, an information-packed show with Kim Gast, the founder of Boom Social, one of the nicest people to talk to and extremely successful with a social media strategy. Now, if you enjoyed this podcast, you'd probably be interested in a couple of other podcasts that I've done. Podcast number 14 is on Facebook advertising with Ralph Burns from Dominate Web Media. And podcast number 21 is with Keith Krantz, also from Dominate Web Media, and it's on video advertising on Facebook. I think both of these will provide you with great insights on how to further your online strategy and your social media strategy in particular. So let's look at the key things that we've covered in this podcast with Kim Gast. We covered all sorts of topics, starting from her journey, how she established Boom Social. We've talked about how to convert a Twitter follower into a paying customer. Kim explained her automated sales funnel strategy. She talked about the conversion rates, both on Twitter and Pinterest. 
She talked about the importance of getting clear on specifically what you want to achieve from your social media strategy. I talked about how you can't manage what you can't measure, the biggest challenges that we face when it comes to social media and how to overcome them, what to say on social media. She talked about the books that have most influenced her and what actions you as a business owner can take to get started with a good, solid social media strategy today. So I hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends and leave us a review on iTunes. That would be greatly appreciated. Now, if you would like very specific and focused consulting that helps you find the hidden profits in your business, then go to productiveinsights.com forward slash hire and book a consulting session with me today. That's productiveinsights.com forward slash H I R E. I look forward to talking to you soon. Over and out. Thanks for listening to the Productive Insights Podcast. You can find all the links in the show notes below this episode on ProductiveInsights.com. You can also ask questions in the comment section that Ash personally answers. How can Ash help you today?